I could hope that with what's already been said this morning, that the psalm I'm going to give you is meaningless and pointless to you, but because uh, it wouldn't be necessary with the blessings we already have, but I'm going to give you Psalm 77. And I know that we are all flesh, so I'm going to pray that the Lord, through the pen of Asaph, will help all of us when we need it. Yes. Again, this is a psalm of Asaph. This is an individually written psalm. This is not about the nation. This is not about the people, even though at the end it will discuss the history of Israel. This is about an individual person. And if you know much about the writings of Asaph, you'll see certain words appear over and over again repeatedly in his psalms. Things like his soul being disquieted, being troubled, having difficulty. This psalm is yet another one in which Asaph faces difficulty. If you want to get an easy title for this, this is Asaph the Melancholy, dealing with his melancholy. And I hope that for those of us who ever experience these feelings, you're going to hear words that fit you, that you've experienced, and see how Asaph deals with them himself and gets out of that difficulty. Psalm 77. I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night and ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God, and I was troubled. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah, thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with my own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in his anger shut up his tender mercies? Selah. And I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember the years at the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy works of old. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? Thou art the God that doeth wonders. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. Selah. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. The depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent out a sound. Thine arrows went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lighted the the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. Thou leddest thy people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Asaph is describing a situation in his life. He doesn't mention sin. He doesn't mention enemies. He's just mentioning soul disquiet, being troubled. So you don't have to look for any of those other things. Are there circumstances in which... 
Let's use the modern word. You're just plain depressed. It happens. Hi, I'll admit it if no one else will. I'll admit it. It happens. We all experience these. And for those of you who don't, I'll get to the end of the psalm and you can still find things of value there. So if you never have a problem with depression, if you're never, you're never sad, you're never downcast, I'll get to you anyway. But for the rest of us, he even starts in his kindness. The Lord let this be inspired with, with a point at the beginning. Because if you come into this psalm and you don't get verse 1 and you go through the first four verses or so, you're just going to get worse. But he starts in the very beginning, verse 1, I cried unto, unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and he gave ear unto me. Amen. He tells you right from the start, God heard me when I called. Yes. So he's going to go deeper. He's going to show you the depth of his sadness. But he wants you to know from the beginning, God heard. So don't worry. Excellent, Matthew. Let's see if the words that follow those sound familiar to any of us. They sound familiar to me. In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. Now, he's a believer. He's a follower of God. In his trouble, he sought God, but it still didn't start out fixing the problem. He had to go deeper. He sought the Lord. My sore ran in the night. He was in pain. It was constant, not just during the daytime in the night. It ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. Kind words were said. Encouragement was given, but he couldn't be comforted. Sound familiar? Let's just keep going. I remembered God and was troubled. When you're in that state, remembering the attributes of God may not necessarily help you because God is just and holy and perfect, and I'm not. That could push you deeper in your distress at times. But we have to continue. We can't just stop there. I complained, and my spirit was overwhelmed. I'm stuck. I'm hopeless. Sila, stop. Think. Understand these things happen. We experience these. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. It's so bad that God's beloved sleep that he gives, he denies that too. You can't even sleep. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. The depth of sadness and woe for nothing other than just being sad. It happens to a man of God. And this is where he starts working his way out of it. And look at how he does so. Look at the reasoning he starts with. Because he starts with reasoning, and he starts with scriptural reasoning regarding God. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I'm not going to stick in where I am right now. I'm going to look at what I know to be true. My feelings mean nothing. They're feelings. How about we deal with facts? Facts of what God has and can and will do for his people. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I've had the joy of God before. I've experienced the happiness that's so great that I can't help but sing in the night. I've had that. Where did it come from? I commune with my own heart. I look deeply into it. And my spirit made diligent search. Where did that joy that I've had before, that singing, where did it come from? And so he's going to ask some questions. And these are very obvious questions. These are rhetorical questions that we should all know the answer to. And this is how he dug himself out of his hole. He starts asking these questions. Will the Lord cast off forever? If you're a child of God, will he cast you off forever? No. Hmm. 
And will he be favorable no more? No. No. Okay, so we're starting, we're starting to get a picture building here, and it's going to keep going. Is his mercy clean gone forever? Have I exhausted God's mercy? He has nothing more to give me. Forget that. Does his promise fail forevermore? Has, has, has God just decided the, the word I've given, my oaths, my son, all those things, I'm just going to let those go? Never. Hath God, the God of graciousness, forgotten to be gracious? Has he forgotten how to be kind and gracious? No. Hath he in his anger shut up his tender mercies? No. Every single question we've just asked, the answer is obvious to a child of God. The answer is no. Selah. Yes. Stop. Think. Yes. Why am I so cast down when I have all of these things that I know are assured to me by God? Right. Right. Yes. Right. Amen. And so he draws a conclusion from his rhetorical questions. Verse 10, and I said... This is mine infirmity. Yes. It's my problem. Yes. Not God's. Amen. He's done nothing wrong. Amen. He is not deficient. Beautiful. It's my own stupid spirit being right. troubled within me. Amen. Get over it. Right. Stop being sorrowful. And what does he do with the entire rest of the psalm? He dwells on the facts of what God has done. Yes. Amen. And he glorifies God. And by the end of it, there's no space for sorrow. It's pure joy. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I'm not going to remember this sorrow. It's gone. It's done. I'm going to remember what he has done in the power of his might. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy works of old. We have, and we've heard it preached several times recently, but right here, we have hope for the soul. We have all we need, along with the help of other brethren in our own experience, we have what we need to move forward from sorrow. And he's going to pick a particular example, or some particular examples in just a minute, that he enjoyed, that, was, that were meaningful to him. I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Stop sitting by yourself. Yes. Stop digging your own hole in your sorrows. Start talking about the goodness yes. of the Lord. Right. You will have no place for fear. You will have no place for sorrow. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Get among the people of God and hear about the way of God. Where is the sorrow in that? Who is so great a God as our God? Amen. He's great. He's magnificent. There is no competition. Right. And he's your father. Amen. Thou art, and I, I emphasize this when I read it, it the, I want you to get a particular word in here. It's not, thou art the God that doest wonders. Thou art the God that doeth wonders. Right, right. There is no other God, right. and there is no other God that does anything. Our God does wonders. Amen. And not just, he doesn't just do wonders for us that we see. Thou hast declared thy strength among the people. What people? Every people. The example that's about to come is speaking about the people of Israel and their exit from Egypt, the events at the Red Sea and others. God didn't just show that to Israel. If you recall, several hundred years later, the Philistines could look at the Ark of God coming and know this is the God that destroyed Egypt. God's made his power and his majesty and his wonders known to all people. 
How great is that God? Let's just continue exalting him as Asaph does. Thou hast with thine arm redeemed thy people. God did it himself. Israel didn't do it. He took them out of Egypt by his strong arm. The sons, <clears throat> the sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah, God took them out by himself. And then we have a description here for several verses. The waters saw thee, O God. What waters? Well, there were multiple waters, but the easiest one is the Red Sea. The waters saw thee, O God. The waters saw thee. They were afraid. Amen. They moved. They got out of the way. The depths also were troubled. The waters moved to the point where there was dry land. That's the greatness of God. The clouds poured out water. The sky sent a sound. Thine arrows went abroad. Whether this just be poetic license speaking about the event or this just be a description of God's power, this is what God does for his people. This is his greatness. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven. The lightnings lightened the world. The earth trembled and shook. Again, in, con- in contrast, the power of lightning, the power of thunder, is really not that great for what God can do, because he can do far more. But can any of us do any of those things? No way. This is what God does for his people. Thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. You do whatever you please against or above anything. You move seas when you feel like it. You make a path, whether it be dry land for the Israelites or seas of waters of distress in our lives. God makes a path through them. He makes his footsteps pass through that so that we can as well. Thou lettest thy people like a flock at the hand of Moses and Aaron. Look at the tenderness of that last verse. It's not just the power, the greatness, the majesty of God. They're his flock, and he gently leads them through their distresses. That's the greatness of God. So, when you are confronted with distress, when you're depressed, how do you deal with it? We have here an example of a man who, Scripture shows us repeatedly it happening, over and over and over again as he wrote different psalms about it. Here's a path for you. Reason from what you know about God his promises to his children, and then dwell on the works that he has done. Now with this, I picked this psalm before I noticed something in it, and it's something that makes me particularly happy in my circumstance. Verse 19, again, I I figured this out yesterday after I had picked this psalm, after hours of looking into it. There's a particular hymn written by a man who struggled greatly with depression in his life. It happens to be my favorite hymn. It's called God Moves in a Mysterious Way, and normally we would sing a psalm at this point, but I wanted to let you know, if you ever wondered where the phrase God moves in a mysterious way comes from, and the the line that follows, he plants his footsteps in the sea, it's right here. Thy footsteps are not known. God moves in a way that is not known. It is mysterious to us. Thy footsteps are not known. It's talking about him. His way is in the sea. So instead of singing a psalm as we normally would, I'm going to ask that we sing God Moves in a Mysterious Way. And again, it's the words of another man, another man who loved God, who grappled with his distress, who grappled with his depression. And this is how he answers it. 
is that we don't see what God is doing. We don't see the path that he has for us, but it's God that leads us, and his path is always right and always good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Well done. <coughs>